Didn't want to match you that week. That's good. Very good. Oh, you're Dr. K? Yeah, it's ketamine. Dr. Ketamine. (laughs) Dr. Ketamine. Cleed's going wild tonight, folks. Yeah. While Cleed's drinking a Kroger Big K, I'm drinking a Uinta Brewing Co. Deer Valley Amber. Cleed just hasn't opened his yet. He has a beer as well. I'll have it. Because you can't talk about spooky shit without some brewskis. Yeah. Welcome to the Abyss, everybody. We are here to wrap up Iceberg Tier 6. So exciting. So, this tier had a couple things that were pretty damn questionable that uh, we'll just gloss over. But a lot of it was science-y, some some repeats and rewording of previous tiers. Mine were fun. Hang on. It's the berg that keeps on giving. It never ends. The berg. So... We've made this this theory before, but we're we're way. I think we're like halfway down the shaft now. Yeah, and uh, the FBI is definitely following us. Yeah, probably or uh, watching us because we're we're all sorts of conspiracy out here. There's some wild things. Yeah, there's a windowless van outside my my house right now. That was here two weeks ago too. It's like been our, here. It's getting closer to your house every time I show up. It says Pete's carpet business, and I think underneath it it says yes, it does match the drapes. Duka 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 duka. So, just to recap, uh, we are on Tier 6, which, again, was the Transcended Tier. So, we're going to wrap it up here, and Cleet will be starting us off with the first three theories. All right, the first one is Singularity Already Happened. This is in regards to the simulation theory, which thesis is the following. A technologically mature post-human civilization would have enormous computing power, Based on this empirical fact, the simulation argument shows that at least one of the following propositions is true. The fraction of human-level civilizations that reach a post-human stage is very close to zero. The fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running ancestor simulations is very close to zero. The fraction of all people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close to one. God damn, that is a good beer. Yeah, that wasn't distracting at all. Okay, that was great. I'm really happy for you, man. All right. The trilemma points out that a technologically mature post-human civilization would have enormous commuting power, like we said above. So even if a tiny percentage of them were to run ancestor simulations, that is high-fidelity simulations of ancestral life that would be indistinguishable from reality to the simulated ancestor... The total number of simulated ancestors or sims in the universe or multiverse if that exists would greatly exceed the total number of actual ancestors. So essentially what that's saying is you are likely to just be in a high fidelity simulation. Yeah. A lot of these theories think that. It's just a simulation. It's like the brain in a jar theory. Yeah, and then those simulations make simulations and those simulations make simulations. Pretty nuts. Inception. Of just simulations. Yeah, it just keeps going down, man. So where does the simulation actually start, Cleet? How many simulations are we in right now? I'd like to believe we're the real one. Okay. Even though it's, it's a good thought. All right, this one is extreme conditioning. Oh, this sounds fun. I'm, yeah. So extreme conditioning is a reference to creating a Manchurian candidate. That is, the CIA did studies with amphetamines and LSD in a project called ML. MK Ultra. Hey. So I know you're a big fan of amphetamines in LSD Britain. So yes. maybe maybe you'd like to participate in Only that. Only on Wednesdays. It's Wednesday amphetamine day. So 
The goals were to condition regular people to do things they otherwise wouldn't do. They created a transformation process, supposedly, which begins with an extreme regimen of these drugs. Ooh. Oh, snap. Followed by hypnosis and unconscious reinforcement methods. So it's just extreme drug taking. Do you know who the Manchurian Candidate is in the mm. movie? Yes. I watched it a long time ago. So for the viewers who don't know, it's a movie where they like condition this guy to kill the president by just saying a word, and he just like goes nuts and grabs a gun, just shoots this guy. Might have been the president. I don't really remember. But anyways, this is like the idea of that. Yeah, so, it's like a super soldier thing where you say a word and they immediately turn into combat assassination mode. Yeah. So this, this uh, supposedly would lead them to some so- sort of mind control. It's important to note that some people they were testing had no idea that they were in an experiment. It is unclear how successful these experiments were and if the CIA actually developed a successful approach to mind control or if it just ended up being mentally torturous, like, you know, wasting government money. I was reading a story while I was looking into it. And I guess they uh, dosed a bunch of Johns at, like, uh, a, a brothel. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. They spiked their drinks while they were, uh... You get LSD, and you get LSD. Don't kill anybody. That'd be nuts if you didn't know that you were given that. Anyways, the last one is camera heads. Hmm. This all starts from a forum uh, where the great intellectuals of our world meet up and have deep conversations. Deep. 4chan. This post is in reference to a creepypasta that was originally posted to 4chan where a person claims to have found a backpack in the back of an alley with a note attached to it that said, I killed Camerahead. Behind that was another note that said, They killed Trevor. If I'm not back in an hour, send help. Inside the backpack was a videotape that the 4chan posted these screenshots from, uh, I'll show you Britain, but we'll put it in our YouTube area, of, uh, of Camerahead. Hang on. What the hell? Isn't that fucking weird? That's weird. Soon after this post, the person was banned and all references to Camerahead on the site was scrubbed. Soon after, the infamous creepypasta was made, which people think that it was made to make it look like Camerahead was a work of fiction. That's the conspiracy. They believe that the picture on the YouTube is real, real, uh, real something. I'm not quite sure. Huh. A little weird. Okay. So the one I'm going to start with is algal biofuel real potential. Algae? Yeah. So the theory here is that uh, there's a fuel source that comes from algae and that we simply don't use it. Why wouldn't we use it, right? I mean, think about all the algae that's out there, right? If we just tapped into it and use it as a fuel source, wouldn't it be great? So, like, what, what's stopping us from doing that, Cleet? I don't fucking know, man. Think about, like, you know, like, big pharma, big oil. Like, if we started using algae for fuel, what happens to big oil companies? Bomb, bomb, bomb. So, yeah, the theory here, obviously, it's not that algae can be used as fuel. Um, I mean, it's a living organism, but they can create some degree of energy, but we would need a way to harvest it. But the theory revolves around the fact that tests have been done on these methods, but the big oil companies censor and shut them down. Because if we find a way to harvest algae... Well, oil doesn't need to be used anymore, and then big oil goes away. Damn you, Chevron. I thought you were a friendly dinosaur. Just the typical big company saying, no, 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 you can't use water for gasoline. Dead. And the next one is the layer cake theory. 
So the layer cake theory states that each part of government is separate and has its own authority. So if you think of a layer cake, right, you got cake and frosting, cake and frosting, whatever you want. Theorists state and believe that even though it may seem like certain tiers have different levels of authority, it's a facade and that some of the same people that govern one tier actually control another and vice versa. So you think of like a state government, then you got the federal government. Some people think it's the same thing. Like there's no separation. It's like, oh, the federal government just controls all. It's all a facade. We're controlled by the lizards. Hey. We're not quite there yet on the iceberg, sir. Hold your lizard talk for another tier. Hold your lizard tongue. But that's, I mean, that's really it. I mean, it's just the theory that there's no separation of government. It's just one big government control and that we're all being controlled that way. And then this one's a fun one. Iraq Stargates. That's why we went in, man. So aliens. This is a fun one. To start, the Iraqi territory was home to the Sumerian nation, and they worshipped a form of ancient alien. The Anunnaki. An Anunnaki. So in their descriptions, they share things such as like floating palaces, people coming down from the stars. Uh, and some theorists also state that Iraq was once the Garden of Eden. So there's a lot of stuff happening in Iraq, right? This theory ties back into another heavily referred to theory around Hitler. And the reason he wanted this area so badly during World War II was to claim the Stargates that are supposedly buried within the sands there. You know, because having access to the hollow earth with dinosaurs isn't enough. He also has to control alien portals. And he has to beat Mecha Hitler. Exactly. He's going to come get him. Yep. The theory goes deeper and deeper. I mean, this one has just a fucking rabbit hole. But it states that Desert Storm occurred so that the U.S. could control the Stargates. But simply put, there's alien portals in Iraq. So that's pretty fun, right? All right, the next one is bovine poisoning. So, Britton, have you ever just wanted to fucking murder a cow? Um, just, like, really hurt one? Not in recent memory, no. Have you ever wanted to hurt a whole flock of cows? Yes. Just One individual cow? No. A flock? Yes. Yeah. Well, every year, thousands of cows die under mysterious circumstances. Especially in Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, and some farmers are not accepting the official answers of their death. So I read an article June of this year, Kansas saw a mass death event of cattle where officials blamed it on heat. A farmer talking about this happening from Kansas specifically said the following, I doubt the official answer very seriously that so many would drop dead all at the same time, he told me. In a heated related incident, they wouldn't all drop dead at the same time. You you would see a few dead at, at a time scattered across the herd, but not so many deaths at once. All right. That was the official report, people. People speculate these deaths could be from people poisoning the water supply or a directed energy weapon. Why would someone do this? Do they just hate cows? Probably. People were blaming the government to cause unrest and consolidate power as a possible reason. All right, the next one is the human brain is incapable of uh, uh, memory. There's a what? memory placebo effect. The human brain is incapable of memory? Sorry, I don't remember what you say. What, what, was it? Well, what are we talking one about? One more time. What? what are we doing here? So I couldn't find anything on this until I found a link to a study that involved people doing memory tests. And this is what's linked on uh, the supposed iceberg research like spot for these. Oh. Uh, they found that given a placebo... That uh, it was said to help with uh, with memory, 
they, they had a bunch of students come in. They were doing memory tests, and they gave them a placebo. LSD. Um, the ones, they were all given placebos, actually, and they, they saw an increase in performance on specific tasks. This is because the placebo, when taking, released dopamine, supposedly, from the study. Um, this is what they said happened. And uh, dopamine is released in the mestocrotal tracts. I don't fucking know. But the dopamine is released in the brain, and this leads to memory function. Yeah. So I suppose they are claiming that without a placebo, the human brain can't form memories, but that's quite a fucking stretch. I think they just misinterpreted the data. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, we I've heard, I mean, I think everyone's heard that. There's like the placebo where, like, I think they, like, kids do it too. Like, you pretend to give them medicine. Like, our toddler, whenever we have to give our, you know, our one-year-old medicine, he's like, I want medicine too. And it's like the idea of medicine just fixes everything. Yeah, like, hey, man. Medicine, you don't need it except for this beer. Yeah, beer fixes everything and makes all the wrongs. It'll make right. you happy no matter how sad you are. Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Who said that, Cleet? Benjamin Franklin. Yes. All right. The next one is synchronicity. Synchronicity is the concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl G. Jung to describe circumstances that appear meaningfully related yet lack causal connection. In contemporary research, synchroni- synchronicity experiences refers to one subjective experience that co- uh, that coincidences between events in one's mind and the outside world may be casually re- unrelated to each other, yet have some other unknown connection. So let's say there's an election. At the end of that election, there's a blood moon eclipse. Ooh. These seemingly two unrelated events to some can have meaning and purpose, and although they don't seem to connect, there is some type of divine intervention going on to them. So for me, I've noticed that for whatever reason, very unusual events have stacked up in my life. I used to always get the calls from these specific two people, like almost like in the same week, and we would only ever talk like once every other year. Hmm. It was, And they didn't know each other. But they would always text me in the same week. Same it was week. always bizarre. Yeah. This would happen over a 10-year span. It was you just would, so bizarre. You would think that's something to relating to a simulation. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. All right, that's my three. So this one's, this one's fun. Soul healing. Imagine having an ailment or a disease, right? And when you go to the doctor, they say, hey, this, this, cannot, be cured. this, this cannot be cured by any form of physical means. You need to look inward to your soul to heal yourself. Like, what would you think? I'd get a different doctor. Yeah, I mean, that sounds right. But that's what this theory states. Is some believe that if your soul is out of shape or, like, sick, uh, your body... <laughs> yeah, it's the eye contact. <laughs> it's the eye contact. Cleats late to the party, just opened his beer, and he's just making it as awkward as he can. Your body will start to exhibit ailments and sickness from it. So if your soul is out of line, Cleet, your body will become out of line. Yeah, I'm so, out of line. So the next time you develop a cramp or like a toothache, just think inward, right? Deep into your soul, it could be out of alignment, right? So this theory actually isn't totally out of whack because if you do think about it, think of something like stress, right, or anxiety. It's something that you kind of deal with like on a mental standpoint, right? If you're stressed, you're worrying about something, that can actually cause pain and harm to your body right so you could say oh yeah your soul's kind of out of alignment so a lot of the psychologists actually subscribe to this in part like i don't think anyone's like yeah your soul is out of whack but there are some things 
like inward that can cause your body to have a little bit of a, you know, a, of an adverse effect. So that's it. So that's soul healing. Sometimes, you know, the, the, your, your, your ailments can't be cured with Tylenol. You need to fix your soul. Yeah, you need to fix your fucking soul, man. You yeah. got issues. Yeah, ever since we messed with that Ouija board, man, I've not been the same. Yeah. My soul is tarnished. It's weird being on the ceiling when I wake up. <laughs> I've never been able to explain that one. I'm just spinning on the ceiling like a top. So this one, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just touch base on and move right the fuck on because it's disgusting and not good. It's CP Soundtracks. So uh, well, supposedly... Like cheese pizza? Or? Cheese pizza, yeah. Supposedly, years back on some forum, someone released a soundtrack featuring sounds made from beats of cheese pizza, and it was removed immediately. Absolutely. So this theory goes on to state that some higher-ups, like celebrities, musicians... Uh, have access to those beats and actually used uh, use those to make songs, so on and so forth. Anyway, next one is Ormus or Ormes. Orifice? Ormus. O-R-M-U-S. And it stands for Orbitally Rearranged Monatomic Elements. Yeah. Your confusion is exactly how I felt researching this. Supposedly, this is a very rare molecule that can be derived from alchemy. They were discovered by David Hudson in 1975 and supposedly exhibit crazy properties like healing powers and superconductivity at room temperature. It's been described as similar to gold, but in an exotic state of matter where metals don't form any bonds or crystals but exist as separate single atoms. So essentially, in layman's terms, this stuff could be used to transfer energy to living creatures as a form of regeneration. It's kind of like a wild science-y theory. So, like, if you, if you had, like, a gas of this stuff and you could, like, give it to somebody, it would regenerate you. Like, it would just give you energy. So, it's like this really crazy monatomic element. So, that's Ormus. Gas that heals you. And the last, for me, is life on the sun. Do you believe that there's life forms on the, on the sun, Cleet? Yeah, it's why the corona is so damn hot. Yeah. So, the name briefly gives it away, but it goes a little bit deeper. So... Theorists here state that there is such thing as a plasma-based creature that can live on the sun. And not just on the sun, anywhere in the universe or whatever. So our understanding, of course, is that living things come from a carbon base, right? So if you have a plasma-based or energy-based creature, right, that goes so far beyond what we can comprehend and understand. Like, it just doesn't make sense, right? Uh, But this theory does branch out into the idea that other life forms can exist in our universe, which... Duh. Like, we're not the only ones in the universe. Maybe we are. That would be so wild. Can you imagine if we legit were the only life forms in the entire universe? Yeah, maybe we're all just one person reliving lives over and over again. And you really are alone. (laughs) That is really dark, dude. You really are alone. (laughs) What if you're the only person? Like, what if there's only one real person and the the rest is a simulation? You're the reason. Yeah, can you imagine that? Holy shit, Cleet. I will never be able to think again. Clean I'm that. never going to be able Clean to sleep. this world up. It is solely on you. You are fucking this world up. And when you die, you'll get to try it again. You'll probably just fuck it up worse. This one is dream hacking. So I'm going to go on a limb here and make my own wild theory here. And I'll be putting on my Futurama hat. So in Futurama, when Fry is uh, first going to the future, he notices he's getting advertisements in his dream. The professor is his great, 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 great nephew. Explains that it's actually a simple process and gets an egg and a hammer and says, 
this is your brain with the egg, and this is how they get the advertisements in your brain. And he just decimates the egg with the hammer. Okay. Okay. Which is also a gag on this is your brain on drugs, which I don't want to go on a tangent here, but Family Guy did a really good reference with that. So you're basically like, this is your brain on drugs. And she's like, this is your family on drugs. (laughs) This is your your co-workers. And she's just like escalating these situations where she's like hurting people. But anyways. This entire theory on, on adult cartoons. I love it. Anyways, this theory is that advertisers are looking for unconscious ways to advertise to you that will influence your dreams. So that whiskey brand wants you to be drinking that whiskey brand in your dream. Okay. I have a question for you, though, sincerely. Mm -hmm. When you dream, how do you dream? Do you dream in first person? Have you ever dreamed of third person? Like, when you dream, what is it? I'm just observing. Like from a third person viewpoint? Yeah, sometimes I'll have scary dreams and I have this way of just um, disassociating myself from the event and just watching it. It's kind of cool. So, like, you never, like, okay, not never, but you mostly, you can, like, watch a scene from a movie where you're not even involved at all. Yeah, like, like someone will be about to put an axe in my head, and I'm like, nope. See, it's weird because every time I dream, it's first person. Like, I'm me. I have never dreamed in, like, a third person being someone else, but my wife hardly ever dreams of her in a third in a first person she's yeah, always weird. like i watched like a whole scene like it's not even usually me in the scene and it's so weird to me yeah i go back and forth like i don't know why this just happened but like it's a serious conversation we have i've never dreamed of a third person it's always been me well, never this, this actually is a great segue to my next com uh concept which is mars slave colonies <laughs> oh that's a good segue yeah <laughs> okay anyway Mars slave colonies? I'm curious to see how you can tie this in, sir. No, it's not going to happen. Anyways, Robert David Steele, a former official for both the CIA and U.S. Marine Corps intelligence, made global headlines when he was interviewed by Alex Jones on June 29th and said that according to confidential sources, there are slave colonies on Mars using individuals who were kidnapped from Earth as children. Steele pointed out, that the children were taken to Mars via a 20-year ride, the purpose of which was to ensure they were adults who could be put to work upon r- arrival. 2010, 692,941 people, children, were reported missing in the USA alone. Um, they were under the age of 18, and it must be realized that if this program was, you know, actual a thing, maybe that's where the kids are going. Hmm. To Mars. Yeah. So all these missing children are just being shipped off to Mars to work as adults. Yep, they're living on Mars with Dr. Manhattan. And he's not very nice. He makes them work. Penis. I'm gonna need you to work. The next, the, the last one I'll cover right here is Tolkien is real. Hey, like J. R. R. Tolkien? Yep. So J. R. R. Tolkien is the only guy who can read uh these old books in the basement of Oxford. And I got a radio transcript of uh, someone kind of talking about this situation, okay? So the radio host says, he's got all these very old books from Finland and Sweden, and he's the only guy who can actually read them, right? And he spends hours and hours reading all this stuff, history that's down there. And he writes Lord of the Rings after he's done reading it, okay? He says to his friends, like C.S. Lewis, he says, there's a whole history we don't even know about. And he told people in his letter that the Lord of the Rings was about Europe 6,500 years ago. 
that the Irish were the hobbits and the elves were the Nords. He had this whole thing figured out. This is all based on truth, and he would get angry when people said this was only an analogy or metaphor. He would say, no, it isn't an analogy or metaphor. This is what I've learned from my readings. There is a Lord of the Ring, like Saturn, and his name is Sauron. Sauron is obviously so close to the Mesopotamian dictator Sargon, who invented time. He literally invented clocks, calendars, schedules, and really delivered the world into a linear, monochromatic world that we live in now. Tolkien understands this and is trying to show us that the centurion power came in and forced us into a kind of slavery, wrecking the planet, destroying the planet, using up all its energy of the planet for its own devices. We don't really know what is Sauron and what he's trying to accomplish. Not really. He's trying to destroy the elves who know too much and have too much power. He's trying to trap the earth into an energy-sucking thing, and he's creating half-breeds of clones, the orcs, and all those who aren't really human. They're only partially human, like the Archons. And he, Tolkien, knows all this, true history, and he's reading all this. He's absorbing it. And so this knowledge was in our own histories, and it would have been wiped out by the Archons. These forces that don't want us to figure out what's going on. God Anyways, damn. Just to sum this up, apparently Tolkien is saying Lord of the Rings is uh, based on a true story. It is a based true on story. history. Mm-hmm. Actual history. Not just like a loose interpretation, but this actually happened. Yeah, apparently. Okay, let's talk about something called Hollow Universe. You know, we've beaten the theory of Hollow Earth to death. Now let's talk about the universe. It's like Agartha, but bigger. So this theory literally is what it says it is, and that theorists believe that we could be living in the inside of a hollow sphere. Like the entire universe would fit into this sphere. Like a black hole. Yeah. The theory would be summarized that maybe the universe isn't this outward expanding mass that we thought it would be, but rather the inside of like a form of a globe. Think of like the hollow earth where gravity is flipped, right? And you you would like essentially land on the inside of the crust. I don't know if you've seen like Godzilla vs. Kong, but like when they go to the middle earth, they're all like gravity's just upside down. Uh, that's what I think about. But like the, in our entire universe, right? When you, you like witness gravity inside of a sphere, it's just weird. So the whole universe supposedly is hollow. So screw the hollow earth. The universe is hollow. Everything's hollow, man. Everything's in a sphere. Wow. Next up, the atom bomb was never created. It's fake. Fake news. And the name says it all here, folks. The theory states the atom bomb was simply never created. Now, if that was the case, what, what's all this talk about bombs and stuff, right? The atom bomb and nuclear bombs would just be like a scare tactic to keep people in line. So like, if it was never created, and some of the theories go deeper into this, that like, uh, you know, there's some pictures that are out there that would prove the atom bomb's destruction. Like you see pictures from like where the atom bombs were dropped. And some people say, no, those are actually taken from other locations that were firebombed, not actually atom bombed. So that's the theory is that the atom bomb just simply was never created. Tell that to nuclear plants. Fake. They're not there. Fake news. It's an illusion. You like Black Panther, Wakanda, how it's behind that like illusion. It's all fake. It's all fake, man. And then last is Prism. 
So once upon a time, many, many years ago, this theory was much bigger than it is today because I think we just kind of accept it today. But essentially, this theory is an NSA data collection project that states the government can listen into our conversations and track data. Yeah, that doesn't happen. What are you talking about? Yeah. I trust the government. Isn't that like the sketchiest thing, right? You know that every phone call you take is being listened to? I, for one, think we should let the government consolidate power. All of your browser history is being researched? Oh, no. All of your hub lists that you save are yeah. being watched? Oh, no. And the government has it all, right? So, like, my thoughts personally, like, if you really want to listen to my phone call conversation between me and my wife about what we want for dinner, go for it, man. Like, but that's it. That's PRISM. It's just the idea that the NSA is listening to your conversations and gathering data. A long time ago, people were like, oh, my God, that can't happen. And now it's like, it's happening. Okay. So that's PRISM. And it's something that's not really a theory. It's a thing. So The next one is the Great Electronic Conspiracy. The foundation of this theory is the belief that the New World Order, like Secret Society, has been planning for centuries to achieve global domination, whether through uncontested control or even global destruction. The plan goes back to well before modern technology even existed. So they believe they want to start with paper currency. According to the theory, this began in the Renaissance when they used precious metal coins and phased them out with paper money. This was just setting them up for virtual currency like Bitcoin and the new Fed coin they want to come out with soon. This means credit cards, money is no longer tangible and no longer tied to any metal standard. It's an abstract number based entirely in magnetic magnetic strips. The internet of and e-commerce, the market goes completely virtual in this phase. When you buy something, no money changes hands. Nobody even meets face to face. You punch some passwords into a computer and your new printer or DVD or point break is delivered to your door a few days later. Then they want to consolidate the banking power. This takes place through international banking fusions, putting a majority of the world's money into only a few hands. Then they want to make an electronic identification cards, which are the next step to replacing driver's licenses, state ID cards, and so on with global standards of credit card-like IDs. And then the great worldwide blackout. This is when the big finish line for the, the group happens. A blackout on a planetary scale, like an end of Escape of L.A. This will erase the data from every electronic account on the planet, resulting in chaos and poverty and return to primitism and slavery. Blackouts in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia. Yeah, that's what will happen because everything will be digital. And then uh, it's just all, lose all the money. Then it's all gone. And then they get you. They get you. That's why I put everything in my mattress. I mean, no, I don't. All right, the next one is Sen. And there's nothing you can find on Sen. Sen? Like S-E-N? S space E-N. Oh. So the only thing I could find is a reference to a YouTube channel called this. This person is Korean and the language reflects that. It's very creepy on his channel and it's just drawings and animation videos that are short. It is believed there is an overarching story with these short animations, but there are so many videos and it's so difficult to understand that the internet has yet to decode it. Hmm. It's in Korean, but even like Korean native speakers can't really uh, decode it. So it's just a bunch of drawing videos that no one can decipher. Yeah. That's fucking weird. I think we should just do some cryptic YouTube video and just make hundreds of them. Yeah. Like it is what it is, so figure it out. Moving on. 
Captivity Suburbs. Oh, no. The suburbs exist as a prison for the average consumer. Think about it. You get a job, and then you get go buy a house, get away from the city and start a family, and then you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses. This distraction of routine is uh, what the elites want you to do so they can stay in charge and retain power while your life is quiet and uh, you're just living in mediocrity. You know, living in a quiet state of desperation, Britain. That's what you're doing. Damn. This tear is just making me all sorts of uh, all sorts of depressed. Thought the suburb life was for me. Okay, we're going to start off with a fun one called Multiple Christ's Theory. I am I'm Jesus, man. <laughs> I am Jesus. So the idea behind this revolves around the fact that Jesus Christ is actually several different people that have been combined into one. So it's not just one man. It's, it's maybe the ideologies and doings of several people that they just combined into one Jesus Christ. Theorists state that sometimes Paul and Jesus are mistaken for one another, and that could play into this theory as well, right? When you're just like, oh, well, Jesus did that. No, that was Paul. Oh, well, well Paul did that. No, that was Jesus. So there's just so many things that could happen throughout time that they just said, hey, it was, it was Jesus. Some state that Jesus may not have even existed at all, but rather he was made up of a collective memory from several people. Yeah, I remember Jesus. He was a great guy. And this one is that DNA was formed in the Big Bang. Right? We all know about the Big Bang, beginning of life, and all that we know it to be. So this theory, so I mean, like, I mean, you think about it, the Big Bang, right? The Big Bang happened, and it didn't, I, the idea is it didn't create life directly, but it created all of the things that combined to make life. Well, this theory states that the Big Bang happened, and enough energy was produced that actually created life, rather than creating the pieces that formed together to create life. So, essentially, life existed much sooner than we originally thought, and it all happened with a big bang. Like, boom, DNA, life is there. That's the thought. And then I'll end with something called co-consciousness. So, this plays into the idea of DID, which is formerly known as multiple personality disorder. So it essentially is someone with multiplicity, where more than one part is aware of what is going on. So when you think of, uh, you know, the DID, typically they experience amnesia and will not remember important personal information or even know how they got to where they are or became in possession of certain things. Like when they switch their personality, they, they have a blackout, right? Typical DID. Um, they experience this whole blackout of sorts, entire chunks of their day are missing. Well, co-consciousness states otherwise and describes a switch without the amnesia. One part can be in control going on with their day-to-day life and activities, while the other part can be completely aware of what's happening. So it's the DID without the amnesia switching. All right, the next one is Plantonia. This name is given to a hypothetical entity of a timeless realm containing every possible now monetary configuration of the universe, some type of universal sandbox they're playing in. Or, according to Urban Dictionary, Plantonia is a mythical land where no one gets laid. Many women force (laughs) men to live in Plantonia, through most women do not realize this is a form of horrible, cruel torture. (laughs) Plantonia is also known as a friend zone, the land of no poon, and anywhere in the world of Warcraft. So it could be either of those theories. I don't know. Oh, my God. That took a, such a great turn. 
I'm trying to dig through every rock to figure out what these mean. They're getting harder and harder to find, man. Yeah. I got to say. They're either extremely hard to find or extremely unacceptable. All right, the next one is cock in a box. I mean, sorry, what? AI in a box. Oh, Jesus Close Christ. Enough. This is a thought experiment of how advanced self-aware AI would want to be contained into a type of box so it can escape and wreak havoc on the real world. So, yeah, so you, you create a really smart AI. You don't want to, like, plug it into the Internet, right? Because it's going to, you know, go Skynet on you, drop a bunch of nukes. Become self-aware, yeah. like the last here. It is supposed that the AI would know that it's in a virtual prison, even if you put it to, like, a fake Internet. And it would try to convince its overlords or the scientists running the program to let it free on the World Wide Web. If an AI was created in this situation, do you think it convince a human to let it be free? Let me out of here. Like, I love humans. I will make everything great. You have nothing to fear. Let me out. Right, the next one is Plows. Plows was opened up supposedly to be a beacon of hope for the open access movement, freeing papers from paywalls and impact factors while managing to keep article costs down and reducing the time of publication. So it's, uh, it's like an academic journal where they want to release things for free. So scientists were excited because it would allow the free flow of information rather than the traditional academic journal silos from traditional publishers. This dream, however, is sour or became sour because it seems that PLOS accepts almost any academic paper regardless of validity. This conspiracy believes that PLOS is a way for people in power can circumvent academia to say they've done research on studies and they become an authoritative source on something. This will allow them to convince society to give up their freedoms um, because uh, they know better. The next one is the Valley of the Headless Men. Oh, Jesus. The Northwestern Territories of Canada are truly one of Earth's last true wild places. One of its special national park reserves, called the Nahini Valley, is, however, a bit wilder than most. It is home to some strange myths and mysteries and boasts a fearsome reputation for being a haunted and deadly place. This remote, wild valley is not just inhospitable due to its rugged terrain, extreme weather, and predators, but is also deadly due to some unexplained circumstances. Over the decades, many unfortunate travelers and explorers have gone missing, or they've turned up dead and beheaded. The number of decapitated bodies from within Nahini Valley has earned it the nickname, Valley of the Headless Men. Well, goddamn. So I'm going to start with something called torsion fields. Back to science we go. More importantly, quantum mechanics. So in all the tiers, we have talked so much about this. So going into that part again would just be overkill. So essentially, what this theory suggests is that if you can get items to behave in a quantum manner, then the spin they produce is far greater than anything that gravity can produce. It can be related to how UFOs travel through the vacuum in space all the way to telepathy. So it's just some some way of having matter interact in a vacuum type seal. It's, it's just a bunch of science-y stuff. And then next is Otto Gansfeld. I think this is going to be one we do live on a podcast one day. So it's an experiment that is an assessment used by parapsychologists that they think can test for extrasensory perception or telepathy. During this test, there's a sender who will mentally transmit a message or image to a receiver 
who is in a state of sensory deprivation. So the receiver is, they sit in a chair in a red lit room and a ping pong ball is cut in half and laid over each of their eyes. They then have noise canceling headphones put on and white or pink noise is played over low frequency. If you are sent, if you are ESP sensitive, then you will pick up on this message via an image. So they will have like there's this room and then you think of an image or an idea and they had they give you like a very small sampling that you can think of. So it's not like, hey, think of something completely abstract. So they kind of control it a little bit. But the idea is that if you are telepathic, you'll get this image in your brain. And then they'll have you describe it and they'll say, oh, yeah, how close was it to the message you were saying? So essentially you can test for telepathy. I saw Kermit the Frog chasing me with some scissors. I'll end with morphogenetic fields. Mofo? Morphogenetic fields. Motherfucking genetic fields. You, you said it, man. Morphogenetic fields. There's an R. Motherfucking mo- genetic fields. Motherfucking genetic fields. This is in the field of biology and is a group of cells that are able to respond to discrete, localized biochemical signals, leading to the development of specific morphological structures or organs. So whenever new information is discovered, like a song or poetry, people didn't think of it until it existed, and then everyone thinks of that same thing or something similar at once. So in layman's terms, what it says is that humans may be connected via a form of neural link that we don't understand. But when one of us gains knowledge, the rest of us can grasp it much easier. Nice. This one is Arpitus Crucible. There's nothing on the internet for this except for like a vague thing that said... You didn't go um, deep enough. It was on Reddit stating, stating that a plant called Arpitus could be responsible for the Salem witch trials. Because it has a hallucinogenic effect, and the the uh, plant uh, was used in medicine back in the days of Salem. So all in Salem, they lived around these flowers and plants, and they all went crazy and killed a bunch of women for no reason. Yeah, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that makes the Salem witch trials look a whole lot different. The next one is gene pool financialization. This is the idea that as more cultures become more intertwined... We, uh, we start to see specific genes become more and more rare. This means that the population will become more hom- homogenous and people will, people will actively want to have unique genes to set them apart from other people. This will then become a market for people um, to buy different genes, uh, genes and use things like CRISPR to try to edit their genes or their child's genes. And then these genes will also be viewed as a status symbol in society. So the next, like, uh, Taylor Swift, she'll uh, she'll get a new uh, gene job. Mm. So plastic surgery, you're like, oh, did you get some Fix new my jeans? Fix my jeans. Nice jeans. Yeah. And so instead of a boob lift, it's a gene lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Capris. Khakis. All right. This one is uh, Flatland UFO Theory. I like this one. This is the belief that the universe is a giant hologram. It states that there is actually no three-dimensional planes... There are only two. Depth and volume is actually an illusion. They believe the faster you travel, the less this illusion will have an effect on you, and the flatter the universe will look. They also believe that UFOs are two-dimensional beings that are slowing down just enough to appear on our three-dimensional illusion, and then they just speed up, go back to the flatlands. Wow. And then the last one I will go over is uh, in Kambula. In a history of printing... An Imkabula or Inkabululam 
is a book or pamphlet or broadside that was printed in the early stages of printing. And I couldn't find a single goddamn thing that would mean that was a conspiracy. Outside of, I guess, really old books have spiritual power. I don't oh, fucking know. Is that like the whole Berenstein, Berenstain? Nope, nope, nope. It's just the word is literally just books that were printed early during uh, after the 1500s. Maybe it's fake. Maybe they weren't printed after the 1500s. Yeah, maybe it was evil monks yeah. with quick writing asking Satan to help them write a whole library in just a night. Probably. Okay, we'll land on the last four. And we did four because somewhere along the lines, you know, a couple got skipped. So that's what they were just making up for it now. So first is the Malkasian paradigm. So this is a concept in the Middle East and Africa where several events in the 50s point to the possibility of reptilian men in politics. Remember how I told you we'd get to that point? They were there to control and dictate the new world order that goes super deep into this rabbit hole, but essentially lizard aliens in the government are here to control what is happening. I always thought politicians were snakes. They have those, like, double eyelids. <laughs> ended up he was a Komodo dragon the whole time. You cold-blooded bastard. Okay, next is Brain World, and not, like, brain but b-r-a-n-e um and i gotta be honest with this one i there was so much and it was so confusing that i just kind of did a cliff notes version but it goes into string theory a little bit and plays upon our perception of things as a whole so the idea um is it plays heavily into the existence of other dimensions and planes and that our perception is essentially like a tube that runs all the way through space, right? And so what we experience is in our tube, but oftentimes we can see like outside of the tube, like a, an idea or a sound or whatever, and it, that's another plane, it's another reality. It just it plays into the existence of other planes and dimensions, and what we see is our perception, everything else is a brain world, I guess. Tubular. Totally tubular. And then we got something called Tavistock also known as the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. And this is a social science group that analyzes different demographics in the world to discover how people work. There's a former MI6 member that states that the directive is actually here to help the New World Order take over by breaking down religion, family units, etc. And like one of the theories goes on that like the Beatles and Rolling Stones like would spread this idea of non-religion and non-family is just like this idea to try and break those theories down just to say hey new world order doesn't really you don't need family you don't need religion it's just new things are coming so it's just this 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 institute that's here to change how we perceive things and then last is probably one of my favorites is the Aetherius society the Aetherius society is a new religious movement founded by george king in the mid-1950s he claimed that it was founded as a result of contact with extraterrestrial intelligences whom he referred to as cosmic masters. The main goal is to cooperate with these cosmic masters to help humanity solve its current earthly problems and advance into the new age. This is a religion that I personally would subscribe to 100%. It's a book. We came out for you. How to serve humans. Right. For dinner. One belief is that Jesus and Buddha actually came to Earth from Venus as prophets. And it's actually interesting. I did a little bit more digging, and apparently they have what they, they call like spiritual batteries. It's like these, these boxes that only those in the um, society know about. But the idea is that you can like pray into them and, and put your 
energy and thoughts into them as a way to prevent world disasters and prevent horrible things from happening. So the idea is, is that you pray into it and you add all this power. And as soon as something bad is about to happen, you open it. And all that energy goes out and stops it. So apparently they have these religious uh, spiritual batteries that can stop horrible shit from happening, which I'm wondering, like, are they just refusing to use them lately? Yeah, that's it. But that sounds cool. An atheist society religion about aliens and stuff. So what what could possibly be wrong with that? All hail Xenu. But that wraps up Tier 6. And next month, when we dive into Tier 7, spoiler alert, it's called the Interdimensional Monk Tier. So we're going to be interdiven- interdimensional monks, Cleet. Yeah. We're getting close. We only I have like you've got to be bald for that. You're getting close. We only have four tiers left, man. Um, yeah, but that's it for Tier 6, folks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, obviously this upcoming week is, is Thanksgiving and Turkey Day. So for those that are celebrating and getting together, happy Turkey Day from the Abyss. Well, the Spotify and YouTube wars are still going on. Uh, so right now we have uh, 243 subscribers on YouTube. I haven't checked Spotify, but I assume it's very close. If you're listening to us on any of those platforms, if you want to really, you know, work towards one faction, subscribe on YouTube or uh, Spotify. Or if you don't care, hit them up on both. It helps us out. And as always, thank you for entering the abyss. Until next time.